Startup Life, Entrepreneurship, Innovation. Welcome to the Started at KBC podcast. Hi, you guys, and welcome to another Started at KBC podcast. In this ninth episode, I will take you through the ins and outs of crowdfunding. Why is crowdfunding an attractive alternative to traditional funding? What is the key to a successful crowdfunding campaign? I invited Jeroen Spitaals, CEO and co-founder of Meal Hero, who will be sharing his secrets to running a fail-proof crowdfunding campaign. Enjoy! Hello Jeroen. Can you tell me a little bit more about the crowdfunding campaign Meal Hero has set up? Yes, so we ran our crowdfunding campaign uh, last year in November, from the 4th of November up until the 4th of December, so a one-month crowdfunding campaign uh, on Kickstarter, in which we actually did the pre-sales of our uh, entire concept product and so forth, uh, which we successfully overfunded uh, the campaign and uh, are now weeks uh, before uh, delivering our customers. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about the results? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we had um, an all or nothing Kickstarter campaign, meaning that if we got our goal, we would start up. If we didn't got our goal, we wouldn't start up and had to uh, go for a plan B. But in all honesty, we never had a plan B. Um, So the goal was to raise uh, 65,000 euros in one uh, month time and we got 80,000 euros uh, in that one month. So we overfunded it for uh, 120%. Impressive, impressive. Um, So you guys started off with a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, Can you tell me why you guys picked uh, Kickstarter and not Indiegogo, for example? Uh, How do startups uh, decide best which platform suits them? Mm -hmm. I think it really depends on uh, the product which you're going for. We had a really long and hard talk and think about uh, whether to go for Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Uh, But we, in the end, we went for Kickstarter because that is the most known platform out there uh, considering crowdfunding. And since crowdfunding isn't very, you know, well known for average Joe here in Belgium, Flanders and the Netherlands, um, yeah, we felt that we needed that extra recognition of at least I know Kickstarter, even though I don't know necessarily what a reward based crowdfunding campaign is. Um, so that's why we went ahead with Kickstarter because it's the most known platform, uh, especially for technological products. But um, I think it really depends on what type of product you're going for and what amount of money you, you, you're looking to raise. And then you just as well might go for another platform as well. So indeed, you went with a reward-based uh, type of crowdfunding. Um, but some, as you, as you maybe uh, know or not, but there's also equity and debt crowdfunding. How did you decide which type of crowdfunding was the best option for a meal hero? Mm-hmm. I think um, it really depends also on what the goal is of your crowdfunding campaign. We really based ourselves on a, th- this little brown book that we found about another crowdfunding campaign from the guys of Onak uh, that the co-foundry uh, assembled. And in there you find this pyramids or this triangle of things that you can go for with your crowdfunding campaign being either purely pre-sales of your product, being raising money, meaning only the financial aspects, and getting validation of your product there's a, that there's a product market fit. And you can only choose two of the three points in a triangle. And for us, it was clearly that we need the pre-sales, namely more customers and our first customers, actually, but also get the validation of our product in the market and not necessarily uh, the money to be raised. Um, so that was the most important part for us to get the validation in, to get the first customers in, and then get our funding round afterwards. 
So that's why we went uh, with the reward-based crowdfunding campaign. Also because we have a product that is able to be sold to customers, to consumers. So it really went well for uh, the reward-based type of crowdfunding. Interesting. Um, you mentioned uh, getting feedback and validation. Uh, how did you collect feedback uh, from from your your backers or or everyone else that was involved in the campaign? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it starts more or less once uh, one or two years before the campaign, before uh, because a lot of products that sell on Kickstarter or crowdfunding in general are first time products, so they contain a lot of you know little mistakes when they enter the market. But our product is rather expensive. Um, so, How expensive are we talking about here? Maybe you can, before you continue, you can tell uh, our listeners a little bit more about the, the product itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've built a smart uh, food service, which consists of a smart cooking device, a smart steamer, and a food box with uh, freshly frozen ingredients and a smartphone application, giving our customers the possibility to enjoy a healthy meal with zero effort whatsoever, um, so they can eat healthy without putting any work in it, um, in a really cool and technological kind of way, but also a healthy and delicious way, obviously. Um, so we're talking about between, as of 300 euros up until 350 euros and so forth for our products. In a B2C. Uh, in a B2C yeah. environment, yes. indeed. Um, so we need that those products were perfect from the very beginning on uh, when we deliver them to our customers. So we start uh, beta testing and prototyping everything one, uh, one or two years beforehand so that we got feedback from more than 100 beta testers early. before putting it on kickstarter before yeah. putting on the kickstarter um because otherwise we have to figure it out in those very short uh, i realize at the moment 10 months time to deliver everything in between finishing the kickstarter campaign and delivering everything to the customers of so course. before doing that we tested it one uh, one or two years with a lot of people to get feedback and really get more or less a final product into the Kickstarter campaign, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to sell uh, as much as we were able to do thanks to our community. Um, but then afterwards as well, um, because there obviously are some little tweaks that you change on your product, um, not the core, but really small details. And I think it's really interesting to get that Kickstarter campaign going on with the community that you've gathered from those early people that believe in your product and your company to ask them feedback. How, how do you feel about this? Uh, do you enjoy? Um, would you prefer? Are you still talking about the, the pre-phase or? The no, I'm talking about the post Kickstarter yes, yes. area, uh, meaning that the, the over 300 people or households that bought a device, we asked them uh, in, in several times, like, how do you feel about this? What do you think the, the smartphone application should do? Do you like uh, these colors? Small things, but really, you know, to get their feedback on things that we were doubting about, it really creates a lot of involvement from that community that supported us when we mm -hmm. needed them. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you, you perfected your, your product. How do you how do you how important do you believe that is when we're talking about a b2c product here it's completely different than a b2b uh, product or service do you think uh, b2b has more more flexibility to start with a you know beta version or or what's your yeah I'm, I'm not really a 100 expert in the b2b <laughs> area obviously um, but i do think there are some differences uh, which is also clear when you look at the, the, the tech startup uh, landscape in Belgium, there's mostly B2B products and slightly uh, more than less uh, B2C products. So there are some differences indeed. Um, 
But it really depends on what type of products you have in the B2B environment as well, because if you sell, for instance, food to retail, retailers, um, which is kind of similar to what we do, they expect that food to be on top, perfect every single time. Whereas, as I, as I think, if you have a, a B2B software, it is able to do some small adaptions on it, but we do those small adaptions on our smartphone application as well. So um, I think strive for per perfection, but don't wait for perfection. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I'm wondering what exciting perks did you offer to potential backers on Kickstarter? Mm -hmm. uh, as in the rewards that we gave them? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so they ranged from, and think back a little bit because it was almost one, one year ago. Um, they range from very small, as in I just support you guys because uh, I have a lot of sympathy for you, which meant that they would be able to give a, a no reward thing as of five euros, for in instance. Um, they would also be able to buy a, a set of glasses, you know, uh, to get the cocktails going on when their smart cooking machine was cooking for them, um, as of 30 euros and so forth. And as of then, it were the, the classic um, rewards, meaning our product in different types and sizes and so forth. Uh, but also early bird packages, which is something that was really interesting, uh, and the normal packages ranging up to you know the the full Kickstarter experience or the full Meal Hero Kickstarter experience, um, when you'll be able to 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 buy four devices at once and get a discount on them and so forth. But mostly selling our products. Okay, um, you know there's an interesting quote that goes. Um, Content is king, uh, but distribution is queen, and she wears the pants. Uh, how did you manage to spread the word? Did you have a marketing strategy in place for your Kickstarter campaign? Maybe elaborate a little on that. Yeah, I think the, there's there's definitely some some wisdom to to the to the phrase. Um, we started planning things. Uh, I think wildly six months beforehand, really detailed plans of. You know, not leaving anything to doubt or, 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 or possibilities that we couldn't foresee for ourselves, but made the marketing strategy, made the sales strategy, as in really sell the product and build on that marketing, sales and PR publicity mm -hmm. media campaign that we did. So we worked together with a PR agency because we didn't have any experience in that, but we did have, have a lot of experience in purely sales and marketing. So for instance, we started building everything six months beforehand so that we would be able to give- Building everything as in like as a in, Facebook page? In, we had the Facebook page earlier on, but building everything as in the strategy. What yes. are possible ways that we can get our name out there? How is um, this And what are the possible ways to get your name out there? Uh, well, definitely the online thing is something that's very important, meaning Facebook, Google AdWords, Twitter, the social media, but also don't hesitate to spend some money on Facebook ads because they, these are very important. But also don't forget the offline thing as well, which was something that was extremely important for us as well, because we have, in our case, a food product. So people want and are able to taste the food and see the food and enjoy the food. So the whole offline sales thing was very important for us as well, meaning doing as many as events as possible in Belgium and tastings. the Netherlands. Tastings, going to people uh, at their home, uh, not unannounced, obviously, but asking them <laughs> like, hey, can, can we uh, cook some dinner for you tonight with, with something that uh, is, of, is of interest for you? Going to companies, going to conferences and so forth, really demonstrate the product, get people tasting, gather their email addresses afterwards and then send them mails uh, as in, why did you subscribe? What, do, what, do, what does appeal Meal Hero for you? Do you enjoy healthy food or don't you have any time? When they tell us they don't have any time, we'll be able to, you know, 
adapt our marketing, especially for that. Um, so it was really a combination of both the offline demonstrations, sales, gathering more and more leads, um, building our name, getting our name out there through a PR and media um, campaign. And then, yeah, you know, spreading the word around via a marketing campaign online. So it's both, both okay. uh, all, those, all those three things were very important. And what channel has proven to be the most effective? I think that's mostly the combination of the three channels. I get that question a lot, like, what is the one thing you would suggest me to do uh, when starting a Kickstarter or a crowdfunding campaign? And the... Uh, the answer would be just do everything um, yes. uh, all at once because I think it really depends on what type of product and what type of business you're going for, what type of consumers, prices and so forth. Uh, but for us, we it's really hard to pinpoint one thing that was really uh, the most important part, but all three things need to work in our uh, case at least, meaning PR, marketing and sales, work together like an almost automated engine machine that really gets you more... Uh, brand recognition gets in more leads and ultimately gets in more customers, which in return gave us uh, the possibility to start up our business and which we will in return give their product uh, as the first uh, yeah, in, in Belgium and Netherlands. Uh, were your, your uh, backers mainly uh, Belgium-based? or uh, We launched a campaign in Belgium and the Netherlands, well actually Flanders, Brussels and the Netherlands, so the Dutch-speaking uh, part. Um, but most of them are Belgian, yes, indeed. Okay. Um, you know, I believe many startups are having a hard time living up to their promises right after closing their first crowdfunding campaign. Um, why do you think that is? And how did you tackle this challenge with Meal Hero? Um, because there's really a boatload of things that you can't, you know, predict. Uh, it's really hard to, 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 to get a glass ball and predict the future. And for us, it was more or less the same. So. In the past uh, 10 months, between finishing our crowdfunding campaign and delivering our customers, we've really been working like mad dogs to get everything ready. And there were so many things that we wouldn't be able to foresee. And it's, I think it's important that you plan in advance for you know, those failures that you're definitely going to have. Can you maybe tell me a little bit more about those unexpected things or failures you experienced? Yeah, definitely. Like, What's important is that um, we needed to plan for them as in there are failures on the product side but also failures on the general business side meaning that plan b you need a plan b plan b as in something to to bridge the gap uh, in between your product or your business when things go south like for instance uh, we planned to start up our uh, food production for instance already in april but before we need to start up our food production we need to be able to buy a, a large freezer um, to stock our food and so forth. But to buy that large freezer, we needed a, a large amount of funding, which we didn't have at the time. So there was a problem on the business side that directly reflected a possible problem on the product side. So we need to switch everything back and start doing something else in April so that we would be able to start a production in July. Flexibility. Flexibility, um, both on the product side and on the business side, but also many things, you know, um, uh, took a different turn on, on the hardware, the software, the business side, and you'll need to be able to adapt to that and also have yeah, sufficient resources, time and energy to be able to adapt to that. Okay. Um, so storytelling uh, is also key to turn your campaign into a success. How did you manage to compose a compelling story uh, in what language, for example, and to convey a strong message? Mm -hmm. Well, we did everything in Dutch um, because... Um, since we sell food, we weren't able to launch a worldwide Kickstarter campaign or crowdfunding campaign, which is something that was rather atypical for our campaign as well, because most crowdfunding campaigns are 
worldwide. So we were only able to send our products to Belgium and the Netherlands. Did, do you think that was like a limitation or? Uh, it was a limitation in some sort because we weren't able to sell products worldwide. So we weren't able to raise money as in millions of dollars. Not saying that we, I'm not sure that we would have gotten there as well, um, but who knows? Um, so that was a limitation, but we needed to adapt to that. Um, so we decided to just launch it in Belgium and the Netherlands and launch everything in Dutch, which is like the clear thing to do when right. only addressing those two mm -hmm. markets. Um, the reason or how we started storytelling is just by asking our customers what or, or our first beta testers, as in who tested the product for over several months and helped perfect it together with us, what attracts uh, you to Meal Hero? What appeals to you? Why did you go for Meal Hero? Was it the food? Was it the health aspect? Was it the time aspect? And then we really got a clear view of what our customers would be wanting uh, Meal Hero to be, which was the combination of everything. A smart okay. food service, as in it gives me healthy and delicious food, but it also gives me extra time. So we knew that the most important part for us to uh, elaborate on were healthy food and zero effort. And we started building a story around that and also getting enough flexibility to adapt that story slightly depending on where you are or where you are. Meaning that if we got um, uh, an interview for a technological uh, magazine and so forth, we wouldn't talk too much about healthy foods because yes. the target audience of that uh, magazine wouldn't be very interested in that. We talked a lot about this amazing technology uh, that our guys developed. And yeah, we adapted that, but always sticking to the main story as in healthy food with zero effort. Okay. Um, and how did you, or did you keep your backers in the loop during the process of the, of the I mean, uh, during the Kickstarter campaign? Mm -hmm. Yeah, during the Kickstarter campaign, we did, uh, I think, a three or four daily, three or four times um, uh, per week an update as in we did this we did this we uh, did uh, we, we got on the news we got on tv uh, we are over 100 devices there's only 20 devices left and stuff like that but, but I, what i think is more important than that is then keeping your backers in the loop during the kickstarter campaign is keeping your backers in the loop after the kickstarter campaign because then you know the great um desert of emptiness approaches as in your backers supported you and now it's time to deliver your backers but that's a nine or ten month or even yeah. more Yeah, that, that was what we were, uh, we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. about living up to your promises yeah, yeah. indeed so what we did then is uh, obviously we got our email addresses from all of our customers and we send them uh, an email with really specific and detailed updates every two weeks as in we've been up to this uh, we did that uh, our steaming device passed this and that certification we bought our freezer or uh, we have a question about the smartphone application do you think the color should be uh, blue or yellow stuff like that and really get them involved throughout the entire time between finishing the kickstarter campaign and delivering to your promise okay um uh, why do you believe crowdfunding could be an attractive alternative attractive alternative to traditional funding to what extent do startups need to aim for a mix of different types of funding mm -hmm. of crowdfunding mm -hmm. why well, the reason why we chose for crowdfunding as opposed to other types of of, um, of funding well we we do have other funding as well but we first started with the crowdfunding campaign is because for our type of product we were a bit stuck in uh, the vicious startup circle i don't mm -hmm. know if that that's a thing but we we definitely felt it that we were stuck in a bit of a vicious circle what's that circle? as in we needed uh first we needed customers but for able to 
For us to be able to get those customers, we obviously needed a product. But we weren't able to build that product without some amount of funding. But we wouldn't mm-hmm. get that funding that we were looking for with traditional types of funding, as in business angels, loans, uh, and so forth. So how did you tackle that? Yeah. Um, we tackled that by you know, just hacking between the, uh, that. We, we managed to build a really, really, really MVP type uh, of product that we then gave to uh, 50 people in and around the Ghent area for them to start buying meals because that was something that we were able to do. We could sell meals, we could uh, deliver that to our customers, but we weren't able to deliver our smart devices to our customers. So we built a really, really MVP type of product so that we could show investors very early on, hey, there are people out there who are looking for this service, who want our product. Just imagine we gave them this really ugly, terrible product if you would give me some bit of funding and I would be able to upscale that product, just imagine what the outcome would be. So we were able to you know, switch the story as in give me funding to start my business, as in give me funding to grow my business. Okay. But obviously we would be, we needed uh, more than that. So that's why we chose for the Kickstarter campaign because we needed more customers to get in more validation, which brings me back to you know, what I said earlier from the triangle part. Uh, so we need validation of our product in the market that it could be and would be a good fit, but also getting more customers, more pre-sales, and then use that as a sort of leverage to get more funding afterwards via the traditional channels. Okay, um, so, uh, you know, I think it takes a lot of courage to launch a B2C startup because you, may, you might know the, the uh, stories of Take It Easy and Flavor. How do you, how do you uh, what's your, your opinion about that? Um, I think it is hard to start a B2C startup, um, especially since yeah, we are a rather atypical B2C startup because we're not only food, but we're also hardware and also uh, software. So you sell to B2B parties as well? Uh, no, but we, our products that we give or sell to our customers okay. is three parts, meaning software, hardware or device and the food aspect. Yes. So that makes it uh, slightly a little har- harder, uh, I think, because hardware is hard. Um, <laughs> because, um, yeah, but it isn't easy. But that's something where a Kickstarter campaign really gave us, uh, you know, a small advantage as well, because we were able to sell those products one year in advance to customers who would be willing to buy them and did buy them as well. So that we got from the very first day that we really went operationally into business, we already had the customers. Um, so yeah, that community really backed, our, uh, yeah, backed us when we needed them. And now it's up to them to, to give them yeah, what they want and what they need. Um, but definitely B2C isn't very easy, but I don't think there's any easy business because otherwise any business would be populated with all startups. So, um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of founders who would agree with you. Um, my final questions, can you share uh, three to five learnings from this Kickstarter experience? Um, yeah, what, what I think what's more uh, an, an interesting learning is that um, before starting a Kickstarter campaign, or if there's anyone out there who thinks about starting a Kickstarter campaign, um, do it, but do it well. I mean, you often see or you sometimes see Kickstarter com- campaigns who go south really bad, really fast because they just throw out some product and hope that the market will go for it. But it really doesn't work like that, at least not in Belgium, Netherlands and so forth. Maybe in US you could do it because Kickstarter is very well known there. Um, but really prepare for it, put in the work, and then you'll get uh, hopefully get the results. 
Um, but putting in the work is something that's very important as well because in order for us to start a Kickstarter campaign, we want to learn as much from other Kickstarters or crowdfunding campaigns out there. So namely, every two or three days, we went talking to another company who did the crowdfunding campaign and asked them what happened, how did you do it, what worked well, what didn't work well, and so forth. Uh, and I do remember that uh, this one uh, person told me, um, just be prepared to work a lot, as in two months before you launch your campaign, you'll be thinking like, man, this really is a lot of work. One month before you launch your campaign, you'll be thinking like, oh my God, I'm so done. Uh, it's too much work, I can't handle it. And then when you launch your campaign in, those, in that one month, it's those first two months times five. It's so intense, it's so crazy. Um, so it, uh, it was a lot of work, um, but the results were there and we, we got a community um, which backed us a lot. So that's, that's mainly the, the two or three things I would su suggest. Congratulations, Jeroen, and thank you so much for being here. It was really interesting. Thanks. Started a KBC podcast. This podcast is made possible thanks to our strategic partners, KBC, Telenet, the Kronos Group, Accenture, Mobile Vikings, Flanders DC, Join, iMac, and the University of Antwerp.